Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. All right. Welcome to Revolution, everybody. Um, I'd like to say welcome to those of you who are here and, as always, to those folks online. Thanks for listening. We're glad to be in your ears wherever you are. So, welcome. Um, yeah, welcome to Revolution today. Uh, it's been a long, long week. I am in the midst of, it seems like I feel like I'm always sharing, I'm in the midst of medication change. But I swear this is the last one. Um, I struggle with depression and anxiety. And uh, we are we're getting in on the, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? The home stretch right now with my psych, I got a new psychiatrist. And uh, looks like we're, we're, we're getting close to, get into a good place. So working on that and just it's in my my weekly update for mental health. I know a lot of you folks out there who also struggle with that and you're not alone. Um I'm right here with you dealing with that. Also got to take my son to the X Games yesterday which is here in Minneapolis and that was really fun. Got to see the women's skateboarding finals, and that was really cool. And uh, a lot of cool stuff happening in Minneapolis right now. That was very cool. So I got to do that. Anyhow, that's my opening monologue. But the depression did get the best of me this week. I'll tell you that it was a tough week, and uh, but a great thing about having two kids is that they do help you pull you out of yourself. I helped a lot this week, especially yesterday. Um, we're going to be in Colossians, starting in Colossians one uh, one fifteen. Today is going to be a a short. Short but sweet sermon, a little bit about peace with ourselves and peace with others. First um, Corinthians 15 says, Christ is visible image of the invisible God. He existed before God made anything at all and is supreme over all creation. Now just that line right there, I've seen... Theologians spend countless hours and time and chapters of books on just that alone as is what is Christ, who is Christ, is Christ infinite, infinite, like God is infinite. And uh, as I've been taking classes at uh, United Seminary, Been just been learning so much about that and about how people think of God 
and this is just a side note, but um, but how people think of God. We all think of God differently and Christ differently. goes on to say, Christ is the one though whom God created everything in heaven and on earth. He made things we can see and things we can't see. Kings, kingdoms, rulers, authorities. Everything has been created through him and for him. He existed before everything else began and he holds all creation together. Christ is the head of the church, which is his body. He is the first of all who will rise from the dead. So he is the first of everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ and by him God reconciled everything in himself. And this is where it gets interesting and what I really wanted to talk about this week was he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of his blood on the cross. Now a lot of people, you know, I struggle with atonement theory. I struggle with the idea that God needed blood or flesh or things like that. Um, Paul did not seem to struggle with that. (laughs) Um, But, you know, in some ways maybe that was Paul's best understanding at the time of of this Messiah dying and needing an, an explanation of sacrificial of, of sacrificial system. I don't know. I'm not going to get into that today. But um, what I do like is, is it says, Christ made peace with everything in heaven on earth. And so often we, we don't see that. We don't understand that. We don't grasp the idea of peace with everything on heaven and earth goes on to say this includes you who are once so far away from god you are his enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions yet now he has brought you back as his friends he has done this through his death on the cross in his own human body as a result he has brought you into the very presence of god and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault and to me, that is uh, beyond good news. That is the good news. You know, we're not enemies of God. We're no longer enemies of God. We have been we have been made holy and blameless as we stand before God with a single fault. And I didn't I didn't know that growing up. I wasn't told that I was made holy and blameless. I was told I needed to be holy, and I needed to be blameless, and I needed to strive to be better. You know, and that we all needed to strive to be better people and that we couldn't live up to God's expectations and so it was this impossible system that I felt like I, I, I lived in and I think for a lot of people they see Christianity today as that impossible system and now it's got a lot of uh, well I mean a lot of double talk you know I mean now you see people claiming people like Trump Christians claiming Trump, which is really a bizarre, odd thing. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's just strange. And that part of why we have such a disjointed church in in this world is we're so, you know, how do us liberal Christians survive with these conservative Christians as a question. But right now I'm talking about peace with ourselves, not peace with others. We're going to get to that in a minute. So, we are holy and blameless as we stand before him without a single fault. And it says, but you must continue to believe in this truth and stand in it firmly. 
because this is a truth, a truth that a lot of us as, as, as human beings don't always stay close to, don't always stay apart. We, we drift away from assurance. We drift away from the acceptance that we are accepted, you know, that we are holy and blameless without a single fault. I do, you know, and I know when I'm in that insur- assurance more and when I'm, I'm feeling that assurance more, I'm able to be more of who I am supposed to be. I'm able to love more than the, the way I'm supposed to be and love others more that way. I'm able to find more peace within myself um, knowing that that's, that's where I'm at with God. Um, and it's not a result of anything I've done. It's just truth. It's just good news. And it's important to stand in that assurance. The Bible goes on to say, I mean, the verse goes on to say, the good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed by God to proclaim it. And so that's the good news. And in a nutshell for Paul is that we are holy and blameless as we stand before God. And so what do we need to, you know, to remind ourselves of that? Um, we need to hear the scriptures. We need to hear the verses. We need to hear those taught. We need to spend time in the word and know that we're one with Christ. And hopefully that will help us find peace in our faith and peace with others. <coughs> Apologize, I'm getting over a cold too. It all kind of hit this week. Um, my mom, who passed away 11 years ago, Friday, this past Friday, um, she she was somebody who really believed in and and knew this, really believed in 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 God's love and God's grace, and wanted everybody to know that they were they were loved. And, I mean, that seemed to be her. You know, she didn't have, she wasn't a theologian by any stretch of the imagination, but her message was always, Jesus loves you, you know, just, you're loved, and God doesn't make any junk, you know, she used to always say that, and uh, that was her, her main focus on, on, on trying to reach out to people and letting people know they were loved and that they were cared about, and uh not a deep theologian by any means, but a deep theology by some means, but it was a powerful one nevertheless. And uh, and, and I'm thankful that, that God uses, sometimes uses what the world considers simple to confound the wise, because I think that's what happened with my mother a lot. You know, I wanted to read some of my mom's favorite ser- ser- ver- verses this week, but we already did that a few weeks ago. I did my mom's favorite verses, so I was a mama's boy. It's still hard to believe that she's been gone for as long as she has. In First Corinthians. It talks about must making peace with each other or with the church. And so I wanted to talk about peace within us, 
you know, finding peace in ourselves, finding self-acceptance where we're at in our own lives. And then I wanted to look at what Paul said about peace with the church. Um, 1 Corinthians 1 says, uh, one ten says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, I appeal to you by the authority of my Lord Jesus Christ to stop arguing amongst yourselves. Imagine that, going back to conservative Christians and liberal Christians and everything in between. I mean, if you spend half, any time on Twitter, it seems like that's like the place where everybody goes to argue, but including Christians, conservatives, and liberals. But it says here, I appeal to you by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ to stop arguing amongst yourselves. Let there be real harmony so there won't be division in the church. I plead with you to be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. So for some members of Colo's household have told me about your arguments, dear brothers and sisters. Some of you are saying, I'm a follower of Paul. Others are saying, I follow Apollos. Or I follow Peter. Or I follow only Christ. Can Christ be divided into pieces? Was I, Paul, crucified for you? Were any of you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except for Cyprus of he goes into talking about the different people he baptized. And for now, no one can say they were baptized by me. Oh, yes, I also baptized the household of Stevens. <laughs> I don't remember anyone else I baptized. That's literally what it says right here. I like Paul's writings. It's interesting. But he said, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the good news, and not to, for clever speeches or house-sounding ideas, for fear that the cross would lose its power. He goes on to say, I know very well, foolish, the message of the cross sounds to those who are on the road to destruction, but also, but we who are being saved recognize this message as the very power of God. As the scriptures say, I will destroy human wisdom and discard their most brilliant ideas. But I want to look back really quick at this. I appeal to you by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ to stop arguing amongst yourselves. And let there be real harmony so there won't be division in the church. I plead with you to be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. And Paul says this in a lot of different places in in the New Testament. To say, you know, I, I, I look for unity in the body of Christ. And I think, I mean, it's definitely something we failed at greatly and i don't know how we do it and i i think really the it boils down to love you know a, a love that allows for different ideas and different opinions and um but it it, it, it why does it need to be supernatural well i guess it kind of does need to be supernatural because i mean i know that my father who's a trump supporter and me i'm not a trump supporter you know our relationship has really suffered because of politics, you know. And here is my father, you know. Only get one. 
and he's a grandfather to my kids, you know, and we do our best to make make the relationship work, but it's a struggle. And so, I, you know, yesterday I ran into somebody and they asked me how I was doing and they had interned with Revolution 20 years ago, so it was really weird to run into somebody that I hadn't seen in 20 years. And uh, they asked, you know, and I, just, you know, and I was honest. I was just like, well, you know, the depression's been kind of heavy lately and things like that. And they're like, you know, I'll pray for you. And it was strange because I'm so used to it not being cool for people to say, I'll pray for you, you know, or, or people are like, thoughts and prayers, save your thoughts and prayers or somebody else, you know. And I was like, man, I'll take that, you know. I, I, I'm, I'm glad, thank you, you know. To me, it wasn't this wasted sentiment you know or just words you know it meant a lot to me because you know and I'm in a place of pain and when you're desperate in a place of pain you know you'll take what you can get and um, I think the church is in a desperate place when it comes to unity and it comes to to working together and it it needs desperate measures and maybe nowadays it's sad to say that desperate measures might be praying might be just saying you know God if you're there if you can hear me you know can you help bring your your body together and help us see eye to eye help us work together so we can better serve the less fortunate we can better serve the poor so we can better serve each other so we can help the mentally ill so we can help you know those who need our encouragement and our strength and our love and need our community so i don't think it's too much to to ask or too insane to 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 sit down and and say a a short prayer i've got a friend who laughs at me because i pray (laughs) you know thinks it's ridiculous and I understand that, you know, I get it. It seems strange. It's a tough, tough thing to to grasp. I had doubts, you know, there's times I, you know, I feel like I'm speaking to the air. But I think it begins there. And it also begins with, you know, not just with prayer, but with love, and grace, and um, patience, you know, um, how do we become one body? I mean, First Corinthians gives us gives us that idea just in and thirteen four through seven, where we I hear this at weddings all the time, and I've preached this from the sermon a million times, but it says, "Love is patient." Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable. It keeps no records of when it's been wronged. It's never glad about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. It never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful. It endures through every circumstance. Love will last forever. Prophecy, speaking in unknown languages, and special knowledge will all disappear. 
But here it says love will last forever. It gives us an idea of how to love. And patience is tough. Not being jealous or is tough, you know. It's tough when you see other people's ministries flourishing or other people's jobs going well and things like that. Um, not being rude, not demanding our own way, especially when we feel right and when we feel so such injustice in this world. You know, it's hard not to demand our way and uh, continuously to keep no record of when they've been wronged. I mean, it, both sides are really good at record keeping. You know, maybe if we got a little less better at that, maybe if we put down our our our, our scorecards <laughs> you know but that's you know that's my two cents today is knowing that we're holy and blameless we stand before God without a single fault you know finding that acceptance that we are accepted might be the beginning of the journey defining the acceptance that others are accepted, that others are loved, and that we might work towards that to a better church, to a better community, and um, and that we may do that through love and uh, selfless acts and dying to ourselves. It's a little bit easier to die to yourself when you know that you are accepted by that which is greater than yourself. And uh, I hope we find that. Thanks a lot, everybody. Um, Revolution is a nonprofit. I always have to say the two cents at the end. And uh, we're supported by your donations. So if you're an online listener, you can go to uh, revolutionchurch.com and hit the donation button. Um, or you can go to the Facebook and hit the donation button there. But as always, we'd much rather have you than your money. So thank you for that. And this has been Revolution Church.